So this episode, I thought I would do a quick little intro on how I found Aware Parenting and what actually is it. Uh, so I came to Aware Parenting when my daughter was two months old um, and I was reading some stuff on a Facebook group, on a parenting Facebook group. My daughter, she cried a lot and I just felt really lost and I was so, so tired and I was also emotionally fraught at home and at night time. And yeah, it was pretty shocking. Um, my son was also two at the time. And I was so sad at the lack of energy and the lack of emotional capacity I had to connect with him. I just felt like so much grief and loss, uh, even though at the same time I really felt connected and I was luckily... Um, able to have a bond with my daughter these other things were still happening at the same time so what I know now is that I was in survival mode after her birth um, and actually it was after her brother's birth as well um, that it all sort of compounded compounded and I had this terrible postpartum time and um, when I was on another Facebook group, I came across information about listening to crying and listening to babies crying and children crying and how it can be healing and help babies and children and adults come back into balance. Um, say this disclaimer too, that listening to babies crying um, by holding them you know, in our arms and offering a calm, physical, compassionate presence uh, is what I'm referring to. You know, if the child is too big to hold physically, then we're holding them energetically and our presence is um, that of compassion and calm and anchored and grounded um, so as not to enter into their sort of grief or pain. And it's definitely not the cried out method, just to disclaim that. Um, so straight away when I read this I was like oh my gosh this could work for us and it was phenomenal it started helping us all straight away and I got some emotional support myself um, to be held energetically with my crying and I really needed to do that um, in order to have the emotional uh, capacity to listen to not just my daughter but I could listen to my son too so after that, I read all of Dr. Aletha Salter's Aware Parenting books and found some amazing um, Aware Parenting mentors, um, people like Francesca Redden, uh, Lael Stone, Marion Rose, and just uh, even Hand-in-Hand um, -hand Parenting, which is quite similar to Aware Parenting, and the likes of Patty Whipfler and Tosha Shaw. They've been amazing guides for me. And I eventually decided I wanted to do Aware Parenting as a coach, so I uh, went and did a workshop with Marion Rose in Lailstone up in Byron Bay, and that was very magical. And yeah, I still practice aware parenting now with myself and my children. Uh, and it's not just uh, listening to crying, aware parenting. It's uh, so much fun. We have such a great, rich, deep connection to life, vitality, 
joy, playfulness. Um, and there's actually a component of aware parenting called attachment play. Yeah, so um, I just thought I'd point out some points on aware parenting that differentiate it from other parenting. Um, it is based on biological attachment parenting uh, it, and that's still promoted even when and where possible. Um, so there's all that good, delicious stuff there. Uh, but never fear because if you uh, perhaps didn't get a chance to uh, birth your baby in a sort of more what we term natural state or if you didn't get a chance or weren't able to breastfeed your baby or um, baby carry all those types of things then it's still you know absolutely okay we all do the best we can and sometimes there are reasons why greatly larger than us why we aren't able to do all these things um so the other main points about aware parenting is that it is listening to crying and also listening to expressions of grief. So this is for, um, we're talking about listening to children and babies here, but it also, it does apply to adults. Um, we could be listening to anger. Any expression from a baby or child can be heard, knowing that they're completing some survival energy or they might be recovering from stress or um from even from overstimulation uh so there's lots of sort of stimulation that can go in with babies and children that may not even sort of um we may not even detect it on our radars because we're adults um and it can also be really helpful with traumatic circumstances so like um your baby or child had there was trauma in the pregnancy or the birth or post-birth and it can just be a wonderful way for them to get some stress relief and some healing if they've experienced that. And that's why it's helpful for adults too. Uh, attachment play is just an amazing, wonderful resource of fun and it's playful connection and attunement. Um, when we're playing with children in, with attachment play, we want to make sure that this attunement piece um is quite important so we don't want to uh, be laughing at our babies or children we want to be laughing with them if we can or them laughing and uh, there's nine different types of attachment play um, and I guess the aim of attachment play as a parent is to promote laughter promote connection have fun and we can expend some energy in an attuned healthy way so uh we like to promote no overpowering with tickling. Tickling will elicit laughter usually because physiologically that's just what happens. But sometimes if tickling isn't attuned or there's been a sort of an experience with tickling that the person has actually really not wanted it or the child has not wanted it, um, but it's happened anyway, it can it can leave a residual um, mixture of um, powerlessness and um, you know other nervous system responses so just be aware that if you you know are playing and even roughhousing or wrestling um, it's a similar sort of thing 
you keep checking in if it's okay with the child or the toddler or even the baby. I mean, we're not going to wrestle babies, but we can still definitely physically play, you know, with them and have them be the powerful one or just checking in, giving them time and space to see if they are enjoying it and if they make motion for us to do it again. You know, giving them choice is a big thing. Uh, but natural laughter in a very attuned manner it's known to be so healing and it feels so great in the body it feels great for the child or baby laughing but it also is so great for parents to heal that hear that laughter and it really promotes connection and laughter can also be a great way to a great gateway to deeper emotions or feelings Um, so you know how often we hear in our culture and society like Oh, oh, we don't want to be too rowdy or funny and someone will usually like get hurt or i.e. start crying. Not that minimizing getting hurt, but usually I think the essence of that, ho ho, let's hold up on the fun because someone's going to start crying soon. So that's most likely because the little one has had some great connection and laughing um, and they, there's an unconscious sort of uh, part of their psyche that they use the opportunity to offload some stress or even heal from a previous trauma. Um, sure, they might actually hurt themselves if they're having fun and, you know, taking risks or um, somebody got overexcited and was too hard wrestling with them or something. But we can actually go, okay, let's play until either it doesn't feel okay or if we need to listen to some feelings that come up from the plate and from the laughter yeah um so i just want to check in with everyone uh how this is sitting with everyone listening and you know because we weren't parented like this most of us um it may not come easily to hear or even be of interest which is definitely okay and that's why I love this type of parenting philosophy because each family is so unique so different and you definitely don't have to do it I just love choice I love individuality I love you know diversity um yeah so as I said before I needed a lot of compassionate um listening to my crying for myself after like my huge journey with my children's births um and I got that in terms of a listening partner and I got some somatic experiencing um counseling which I'll do another episode about somatic experiencing (laughs) because that is incredible incredible healing therapy in process uh yeah, once I did offload some of this older grief, because um, it wasn't just that, it was about lots of things in my life, um, my physical symptoms of anxiety, sleeplessness, heartburn, I had shoulder pain, even my asthma, which I was getting daily, resolved. So, yeah, and I attribute it to the aware parenting and the somatic experiencing resolved my asthma now not to say that if anyone is an asthmatic or knows an asthmatic that their journey is going to be the same that's just my experience of um having grieves listened to so that is aware parenting 
and I wonder if any of that resonates for you. I wonder if you had a moment of emotion listening to it or if you remembered a hard time in your life uh, or if you love web parenting as well. I know there's a lot of us out there that are really passionate about it and yeah, it's a wonderful way of living and parenting and mothering so thanks so much for listening and take care bye hey i just wanted to drop in and just mention that aware parenting philosophy um it's based on you know there's many tools and resources we can use and i also wanted to mention that dr aletha salter who founded aware parenting uh doesn't believe in rewards or punishments uh, by means to elicit cooperation in children or babies. Um, it's actually based on knowing that children may have needs that need to be met, hence their behaviour may be unenjoyable or perceived by us as unenjoyable, or they may actually have some survival energy on board um, from overstimulation or stress or, or even trauma in their life and the situation may be reminding them of that or they may sense that there's an opportunity to perhaps complete some of that survival energy hence they may be crying or tantruming or expressing uh, various behaviors and I guess the main uh, premise behind no rewards and no punishments or trying not to is that we want to connect with our children as much as we can and I'm definitely not able to do that 100% of the time and hey that's okay because amazing wise humans including our terrifically wise babies and children don't need 100% connection all the time so you know I'm definitely not saying that we've got to listen to them all the time and I definitely can't do that myself uh, it's really about a balance of um, a parent reflecting and taking their own um, getting their own emotional support and resourcing and then allowing that for their children as well so it's really a knock-on effect um, as as per the parent or the caregiver's emotional capacity rather than um, it's more to, more like an old paradigm culture of punishments or rewards for certain behaviours is very behaviorism mystic. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a word. But uh, aware parenting is more based on having a deep connection, understanding uh, why certain behaviours may come into play and it offers uh you know loving boundaries or loving limits as marion rose uh one of my aware parenting mentors would say she she says loving limits which is a really great way to explain that it's not permissive it's actually you can definitely have boundaries and limits and frameworks within your own family and you know your own rules and but it is not concentrated on rewarding behavior or punishing behaviors so i just wanted to pop that in there thanks <laughs>